Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of the program today. Listen, um, 2024 is almost on us, and I am putting together for the next 12 months, I try to put together speaking engagements over the next 12 months. And man, I would love to come be a part of your next special service, event, conference, whatever it is. Um, I, I talk about Jesus. I talk about family. I talk about culture. I talk about politics, all from a biblical worldview. My my lens that I see the world through is the scriptures. And so what I would love to do is come talk to your folks and, and share some hope, share some insight from a biblical perspective on different uh, different things. Um, check out my website, calebgordon.org. Thanks so much for taking time out to think about that and consider that. Um, Merry Christmas. I mean, we're just a couple weeks away from the, the big day. Have you got your shopping done? Have you got uh, your stuff out of the way? Um, looking for socking stuff or gift ideas? Um, Outpost Coffee. It's a great... Listen, I'd love to have an Outpost Coffee gift card just tucked down in my stocking. That would be Santa. Are you hearing me? Right. Um, that's what I would love. So check them out. Outpostcoffeeco.com. Um, well, what are some of your traditions that you love to do at the Christmas holiday season with your family? What do you love to do with your kids? You like to go look at the lights. One of the things that I love to do, I remember as a kid was driving around with my parents, my mom and dad, um, in the evenings and we'd go look at different houses that had just extravagant Christmas lights, just insane Christmas lights. One of my favorite things um, was that, was, it was driving around, listening to Christmas music, Frank Sinatra, just, you know, different Mannheim Steamroller, different Christmas music uh, while we traveled around town looking at different people's lights and just love doing that. And I've carried that on with my kids and I know that they probably don't like it as much as I like to do it. I just, I love to go do that. It makes me just I don't feel all the holiday feels so <clears throat> that's that's my thing so I wanted to talk about parenting um, I've had a couple of people ask about a podcast about doing one on parenting um, I've got four four kids and three of them are basically uh, out of the house um, two in college one's married I got one left one 14 year old left and and the house is here it's relatively quiet not not a lot going on so I, I wanted to talk about some parenting stuff but I, I wanted to um like I said I, I'm I'm a bible guy so and I and I'm a pastor so I I like to try to run through what the text says on things rather than what I say or what I think about issues and so what I want to do is look at Colossians chapter 3 because that's the place where you find <clears throat> the, the best information about parenting, right? And listen, I remember the moment. Right? My daughter's 22 now. I remember the moment doc the doctor put Hannah in my arms. And that moment was filled with both awe and fear. I had some wonder in my eyes and I had, like, I was genuinely terrified. I was in my early 20s. Looking back now, I absolutely knew nothing about children. I had like a zero idea. But if you had sat me down and talked to me, I would have thought in my head I knew everything I needed to know about children. So I thought, yeah, I got this. I got this figured out, right? I remember taking that afternoon and leaving the hospital 
or one of the afternoons, leaving the hospital, going to my house, driving there, just being alone and asking God to give me strength to help me understand what in the world is going on. Cause I, I don't get this. I don't understand it. Like, and I, I had a few moments, but I wouldn't have admitted that in front of everybody, but I went home quietly and admitted, I got help me. Right. And I also remember in my mind having expectations of what it would be like to have kids in the house running around, making all the racket, all the fun stuff. And some of those expectations were 110% accurate and they were just amazing and they were beautiful and it was fantastic. And some of the other ones, the, the, the ideas of what happened as a, as a parent were not accurate. One of the things I remember not expecting as a parent was driving my car at a high rate of speed, going down the highway with my baby girl in the back seat in a car seat and a bottle of bug poison in my driver's seat racing towards the ER because she had picked up the nozzle while I was cleaning out the sink and squirted bug poison in her mouth and she began to projectile vomit everywhere. And (laughs) I'm freaking out just as a young dad driving at a extremely unlawful high rate of speed going towards the ER. And I, I've come to realize if you run into an ER holding a baby that's screaming and a bottle of bug poison in the other hand and scream, she's taken this into her system. She drank bug poison. Somebody help me. They immediately get you into a room and they don't make you wait. Like they immediately start working. It the emergency in the emergency room begins to be actual thing, you know, things take place, right? So that was one of the things I I, you know, that I I I remember. Um, another thing that I remember was um that I had full expectations of was every night rocking my kids to sleep and singing, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Like that was a that was a big thing that I remember as as a parent. And and so so these are things as a parent that I, I'll never forget and I'll cherish till the day I die. And and so those are and I know that there's probably some of the stories you could tell about your kids as well. And so um one of the things when it comes to parenting, I, I the world is crazy, right? And the scripture tells us that one of the signs of the last days is that children are going to be disobedient to parents. There's a whole list of things in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that talk about these things. But the idea of children being disobedient is a is a real prevalent thing in the text and how that's a it's a sign of a godless or a, a pagan culture, right? And, and we have so many parents today who just I just don't understand what to do with with this this kid, my little my little Johnny, my little Susie, they're just little hellions. I don't know what to do. How do I handle this? Well, my parents never had that problem. Like I look back at my parents, dad always knew what to do with me. Dad always knew what to do with my brother. He knew how to discipline us well. Like there was times it was swift, it was wrathful because I deserved it. I, I got spankings, got roundings, got stuff taken from me. Um, and I hear parents say things like, I just don't know what to do with little Johnny. And this, I will contend till the day I die. The reason we have so many problems with children constantly disobeying is because we allow them to disobey because for some reason we think we want to be friends with our kids. Now, friendship with children can come later 
especially if you do the work when they're little. When they're little tiny tykes and you do the work of disciplining them properly, I'm not talking about just beating the thunder out of them. That, that's abuse. Like I'm, There's a time and a place for spankings, but not like what some people do. Um, and here's what I think my dad did with me and my brother. Yes, the, the disciplines were swift, but it always pointed us back um, to the gospel. Mom and dad were never afraid to discipline us. And they, they, they disciplined us quickly where we needed it handed out. My parents were never afraid of discipline, but they always pointed me and my brother back to the gospel. When they disciplined, their idea was trying to, 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 to fuse in discipleship. They always wanted to point me back to the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't, there was, there was always a sermon. There was always a Bible study involved with discipline. And there was always a, this is what Jesus did for you. This is what we should be doing as parents. Like, this is the reason I think we're losing, even in the, even in the church, is we're not taking the time. Because because disciplining your children is exhausting sometimes. It is long, it's a long process, but it's beneficial at the, at the end of it. And presenting to our children the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ in our discipline is going to bring a harvest of reward later. Now, are we perfect in that? No. Am I perfect in that? No. There were times I totally blew it and lashed out in anger at my children. Then I had to come back and ask for forgiveness later, right? This is why we have to work within the confines of the power of the Holy Spirit. So Paul in Colossians chapter 3, he's explaining these things in the text, and he's talking about, he addresses children first in verse 20. He says, children, obey your parents in everything, for this, this pleases the Lord. And so the first thing we have in the text is, children, obey your parents. God, God has prescribed how children should walk out this authoritative structure in the home, when it comes to handing down, when he was handing down the Ten Commandments, this is he prescribes this as well. So it's not just New Testament; it's also Old Testament. Exodus chapter twenty, verse twelve says, "Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land, and that the Lord your God is giving to you." Like this is also then echoed again. Paul writes it, sort of kind of echoes it again in Ephesians chapter six, um, and he says, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother." This is the first command. He points back to the old the Old Testament. He says, "This is the the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land." Children, listen to me, kids. If you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, children. When you obey your parents, it's beneficial to your life today. It's beneficial for your life today. That's also, listen, it's also echoed in Proverbs chapter 3. This idea of trusting the Lord with all your heart. He says, verses 1 through 2, My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will give to you, they will add to you. God's given you a parent for a reason. You've got a mom and a dad for a reason. And once again, it's for your protection and for your good. It's not for it's not for your begrudging submission. Having good godly parents is for your joy. 
Look, I remember when Austin was little. He used to get up on one of the couches that we had here in the house. And he liked to, like, he was just, he was all boy. He loved to leap. Like, he'd just leap, just, just fly off stuff, right? And we're like, listen, if you do this, Bubba, you're going to end up hurting yourself. You're going to hit the bar because the, the chair was so close to the bar. And one day I get a phone call. My wife's on the phone. Honey, I'm on my, on my way to the doctor. Austin split his knee to the bone. And <laughs> yeah, we don't try to tell you. It's for your joy that don't, I'm not trying to keep you from doing fun things. I'm trying to make sure you don't kill yourself, right? So in my 45 years, like I'm I'm 45 years old now. It, I, in my 45 years of life, I truly have come to understand that my parents were some of the most genuinely, sm- they were the smartest people I I know. Like they had so much wisdom. My father had so much wisdom. My mom had so much wisdom and patience as a mother. And, and I've come to find out that when I have obeyed my parents, when I, when I, even as an adult, when I obeyed and honored my parents, it's always gone well for me. And, and on the other side of that, when I didn't listen to my parents, when I didn't honor them, man, I was, I was far worse off. My, my life just flew apart, right? Just Proverbs chapter one expands on why we need to follow um, our parents' instructions. If, if you look in, you're seeing this in real time. Let me pull this up and read this to you, but it's it's in real time here. Verses uh, chapter one, Proverbs chapter one, verses eight through nine. Like this is this is a this is a parenting proverb. Um, Hear my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland around your neck and a pendant around your head. My, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us aban- ambush innocence without reason. Like, like There's so many reasons in the text for us to listen to our moms and dads. It says, my son, hear me, your father's instructions. Don't forsake your mother's teachings. There are a graceful garland around your head and a pendant around your neck. This is like this is the idea of, of protection, the idea of wisdom, the idea of being being taken care of. God is has a creative design here. And, and this is the reason I think that we've got such an assault on, on the family is because Satan knows that this is the construct. This is the, the groupings that have been set together to, to protect human beings. We have moms and dads to protect children and raise them and it, it's a sick a cycle, right? We disciple our kids in the things of the Lord, and then they grow up and they have their kids, and they do the same thing. It's sort of a cycle, right? And God has this creative design, and, and when He set up these mandates, they will have a long run success rate in your life. There will be a blessing, not harm. And, and I don't know how else to say it other than kids. Seriously, listen to your mom and dad. Listen to your mom and dad because they're the ones that are going to be able to to, to give you what you need, right? They're the ones that are going to be able to to protect you and shield you from from the insanity of our world. And so we have to be on on the on the defensive here and the offensive. We need to not just defend, but we need to offend. We need we need on the offensive here. We need to guard against things. We need to protect. We need to we then take the fight to those that are in our house to protect them from the enemy.
So, okay. Uh, let's go back to Colossians. <clears throat> Colossians chapter three. Jumped back and forth here. The next thing that's in the text here is that's the children of verse. And then we jump into dads. Verse 21, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. So, <laughs> oh, dads, listen to me. The scripture doesn't look at your kids as a burden. The scripture doesn't teach that your children are a burden. Man, your children are a blessing. In fact, Psalms 127 verses 3 through 5 says, Behold, children are a heritage or a blessing from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. For reasons that I will only, that I'll only be able to comprehend in eternity, for some reason, our culture looks at children as a burden and it baffles me. That's, Look at me, fathers. God has called you to discipline your children and dis look at, discipline them in love. You don't do it in a rageful wrath or just, just now. Have we done it? Yeah, we have. Don't, but that that's not an excuse. We don't flip out and scream and yell and act like a fool and then belittle them. But here's the deal. I've done it. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I have acted a fool and I've had to come back, like I said earlier, and ask my kids for forgiveness. But he calls us here to love and bring them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. So don't provoke your children to, to in, in anger while you discipline them unless they become discouraged. Let's just pick apart that word, provoke, aggravated, unnecessary anger, enragement, inciting, inflame, infuriate, irk. Those are just some of the the other definitions of the word provoke. Now, there's going to be moments when your children will not be happy with your discipline. I'm not saying that you have to dis always discipline them and always they always have to, oh, Father, thank you for the discipline. It's amazing. But I'm not saying there's going to be moments where they're going to be unhappy with what you do. But you are to set the tone for your discipline. Screaming and yelling all, almost never work. I have learned as I've gotten older, I'm sure my kids wish that I had known this when I was younger, that sometimes just having a stern, soft tone creates somewhat of a, oh, dad, dad's definitely upset, right? But screaming and yelling always create, escalates the response because a lot of times, as the, especially as they get older, they're going to yell back at you, Right? And it just ends up becoming harmful and hurtful. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it echoes this again. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. We, we should be setting the spiritual tone in our homes, dads. Dads, we should be setting the spiritual tone for our homes. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 to 14 gives us the prescription for this, right? Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Let all that we do be done in love. We do need to be watchful over our children. Like, listen, we live in a culture that is trying to indoctrinate our kids, trying to destroy our kids, trying to absolutely eradicate our children. 
We need to be watchful of our children. We need to be standing firm in the faith. And we need to have our, we need our, we need to be activated in these things. We need to be watchful of our children. We need to be standing firm in the faith for our children. We need to, our kids need to see us open the text. Our kids need to see us study the Bible, right? Many times what our children learn is not taught, but caught. They see what we prioritize, right? And if you're prioritizing the G, the Bible, church, Jesus, they see that as the top priority. That's what they're going to gravitate towards. And we do it, in, and we we put those in priorities that are not. Oh, it's not a program. We got to go to church again today. Oh, we got to open our Bibles. Like it, it should be a joy filled, exciting. I can't wait to do this. This is going to be awesome, right? We need to show our children what godly men do, how we act, how we live, right? We need to be strong for our kids. We need to do all these things in love. We need to, listen, I'm one of the funnest guys you're going to ever meet. And I like to try to make church fun for my kids. I like to try to make church exciting because kids gravitate towards fun and exciting. Now, I'm not I'm not always the happy clapping. There's times and places where we're going to have serious tones and serious topics. And we handle those things the way we should, right? I'm not saying to be soft or anything goes type of a parent. But what I'm saying is that we're to discipline with a desire to see repentance and reconciliation. That's it. When a father moves in such a way to show Christ to his children, when he's disciplining and talking about breaking God's law and breaking God's heart and the need to repent and be reconciled back to Jesus, that's a win. Fathers, our desire is to see our children come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the best ways we do this is by disciplining them in love with a desire to see them come to know Christ. We can't discipline if we're not discipling. And we can't disciple if we're not disciplining. It's, it's, it's a connection right there. And I'm telling you, it's so important that we do these things. We can. But it's going to take time in the text. It's going to take time being around other godly fathers and getting insight from them. Saying, okay, hey, what are you doing? How, how are you handling this? Like, there's like, there's no shame in getting with your with your guys, fellas. There's no shame in getting with some other godly fathers and maybe even whiteboarding this thing. Out. Hey, what are you doing that's working? What are you doing to fix? What? How? How is this working? How is this? Do, how are you doing this in in your life? I've got other godly men that I bounce ideas off of. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And this has been in each season of my life. And so having a group of godly men, ladies, it goes for you. Get with some godly women that are loving their kids well and whiteboard this stuff out. Get your notebooks out and get some takes. Hey, what are you doing with your kids? Like, I noticed that your kids are doing really well in school and they're really like, what are you doing? Like, there's nothing wrong with going to other people that are like, you, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I just want to be the most available and the most ply. I want to be the most humble. I want to come into a room and I want to offer hope, right? And I want to help parents come to see that if Jesus is the foundational principle, the scripture, the foundational principle upon which we parent, it's going to win. We're going to win. Nine times out of 10, we're going to win. Now you say, well, you don't know about my kid. My kid screwed up and I screwed up. Okay, cool. I get it. There's times and places where it's going to be, be messy. But if we're not trying, we're sure not going to win, right? So what's the calling here? What's our what's our goal? Our goal is to follow and love Jesus more than anything else in the world. 
That's our hope. So as we enter into the Christmas season here, take time to read the text. Colossians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 6. Read through these different Proverbs and Psalms that I've given out to you guys today. Take time to study those. Do a word study. Get yourself a, like, listen, get yourself a, a study Bible. Like my friend Dave Malhoff keeps telling me, make sure your people know. Get a study Bible. Look right here. I love my study Bible. It's got all kinds of notes. It's got all kinds of graphs that help me understand and, and see the different things that are going on in the text. This is how we win as parents. You want to be, you want to have success, successful kids? Get in the word and just read it. Figure it out. Journal. Break out a pen. Break out notebooks. Nothing wrong with that. And you're going to win every time. I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, it's going to win. Well, Merry Christmas. I hope that you have a great uh, holiday season. Pray that things go well for you in your um, in your life. Um, I, we're probably going to have a couple more podcasts before 2024. But just if I don't see you before Christmas, Merry Christmas. Love y'all. Put in the comments, like, tell us what you're going to do for Christmas. What's your Christmas traditions? Love to hear what you guys are going to do. Um, l- love to hear more from you. Send me a message. How can I How can I pray for you? How can I encourage you? How can I help you? That's what I want to do as a pastor, as, as a podcast host. I, I want to try to impart wisdom and, and hopeful, uh, hopeful wisdom. That's what I'll say, hopeful wisdom. All right. Love you all so much. We'll talk soon.